everybody. I'm Dr. Roseanne. And for those of you that don't know me, I'm on a mission to change children's mental health and teach parents that you don't have to take medication just because the teacher tells you to. And today we're going to talk to Gail, who's a mom who sat in that seat across from the teacher. And when the teacher said, you should medicate your kid, we're going to find out exactly what Gail did because she didn't do that and her children are thriving. Welcome, Gail, and thank you for so much for being a parent ambassador and teaching parents that, guess what? You are in charge of your child's physical and mental health and there are solutions besides medication when your kid isn't being perfect in school, <laughs> really, because your kids are pretty amazing, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. So I'd love to hear. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting uh, diagnosis. Yeah. Tell us what happened in that moment. Like, what happened to you as a parent when your daughter was having a hard time in school and you met with your teacher? Paint the picture. Talk to us about what happened. I mean, the whole thing really was a complete shock. We just went in for a typical conference, had no indication whatsoever prior to that, that my daughter was experiencing any difficulties. So the whole thing came to a shock. And when the teacher had addressed it in the way where she had said that Sophie's struggling with comprehension and focus. And so my husband and I were just more like, oh, you know, yeah, that's common. Sophie tends to be sort of that stop and smell the roses kind of kid. Um, she gets e- not easily distracted, but she, you know, when she's walking out the door, something catches her eye, she would stop and look at it and be curious and never paid mind to it that it was something bigger than that. So when she had mentioned that, I, I kind of was like, yeah, I see that. And she's like, no, 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 it's more than that. So my antenna went up and I said, well, can you explain what does that mean? And she was just like, she really is struggling with reading comprehension and staying focused and really keeping her up to to speed with the rest of the class. So that's where I got a little concerned because I hadn't seen it display itself that way. So I said, well, what do you do? What do you, what do you do in situations like this? How do you handle it? And, and her first immediate response was medication. And... Wow. In my brain, it was like a tire screeching, like a screeching hall. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I remember in that very moment, I said, no, that that's not my go-to. That's just not how I lean. Well, um, and let's, let's be honest. First of all, I love that you were like, she's a stop and smell the roses kind of kid. She's curious. We want mm-hmm. curious kids, right? Absolutely. And, and, Sophie was always really good natured. She gets along with others. She's well liked. So there's nothing glaring going on. And it was, first of all, to be in a classroom and then be told your kid is having a hard time, which I've been there, is really hard, right? Mm -hmm. Really hard. And then for you to do the right thing by saying, what can we do? I'm sure you were thinking she was going to say, well, we can do a little extra work. Tutor. Yeah. Tutor. That's where I thought she was going, like a little extra help. But her first line of defense was medication. That threw me off guard. But I just, that's not my go-to stance in anything personally in my life. I just don't, I always, I'm a firm believer that there are alternative ways of thinking, of doing things. I myself am curious about those things. And 
I just thanked her. I said, okay, I need to, you know, look into this on my own. And I wasn't going to say to her, take a hike, but I respectfully said, thank you. And, and went off and immediately got on the internet and started looking, you know, just doing my own, you know, diligence. You Google MD, Gail. That's what you're supposed to, you became Google MD. That's what you're supposed to do. But I'm cautious about that too, because there's so many wacky, you can go down these crazy rabbit holes of really bad misinformation. You can, but there's also good information out there too. And you're, well, that's how I found you. Yeah. Is, you know, you came up, boom, and I started reading and reading and, and it completely just resonated with me and, is what I believe in. And you are already a holistic person. You're somebody who leans towards holistic care and also getting to root causes. I think that's one of my things about you. Yeah. And I, I've just, my own self is just learning over the years, taking care of myself that medication where I'm not knocking it and I'm not saying I won't take it is just a band-aid. It just fixes the immediate symptoms, but what's causing it is more I'm more curious about what's the root cause and why is this even happening. So yeah. I don't want it to keep reoccurring. I want to eradicate it entirely. Yeah. And you know, some of the parents sit in that seat and some of them come in knowing there's problems. Sometimes it's the first time in our state, as I told you, it's illegal for teachers to actually recommend medication to parents. It's against state law. <laughs> Just a little FYI, Gail. But it didn't stop her because she feels like that's her solution. Like, I think it's so empowering and to know that you were like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. If for another parent who's in those shoes in that moment, what would you say to them? Because I think what happens is you become so afraid. But somehow you were like, there's going to be another way. You you didn't go to the fear. What made you in that moment be like, wow, there's got to be another way? It Was it something within? What made you change your mind? Like, what would you say to another parent who was there at that moment? Maybe they've been told for three years their kid has a problem. Why should they choose something else? Because I think it's like anything in, we always look to the experts, whether it's the teacher, the doctor, and take the word as gospel. I'm not saying that that's not the case in a lot of instances, but doctors can be wrong. Teachers can be wrong. We can be, we're human. Um, I just think I am my child's advocate. I need to do what feels right for me and my family. To me, that just, we weren't there yet. Like, why no. should that be? It's like saying she needs to go in for surgery. You know, her eyes are, you know, go get her, you know, whatever surgery on her eyes. Like, yeah. I would never do that. Like, right. I would look to see if would glasses rectify the problem or why would I immediately run to surgery? To me, that felt like the last resort instead of the first. Yes. Know, can I say amen? Because that's absolutely the truth. And I love yeah. that you, I know, seriously. And I love that you trusted yourself. Because I think the thing is, is like, you're a working mom. I'm a working mom. Most moms are working. We're overwhelmed. And the moment you hear something isn't quite right with your kid, you know, like we get on that worry train and you didn't jump to that recommendation. You didn't not do anything. You were like, wait. Okay, she's telling me there's a problem. Let me figure out something else. I have to be honest. Nor it either. Had I just gone that route and started to pop medication down her, that would have made me more worried 
than not. Again, and this is just my bend. This is how I, I lean is medication to me is just is never the first line of defense. Yeah. Again, I've seen it do wonderful things for people. And I'm not saying I wouldn't have gotten there, but I would not want to just push medication down her throat. Yeah. Without understanding what else is, what, what other options are available? That, that would worry me more. What would the, what would the side effects be long term? Would it make her feel a certain way? Like that's the last thing I want to do is put a foreign substance down my child's throat into their yeah. bodies. Well, and I'm so glad yeah. you bringing that up because we don't need to go there, but there are so many side effects and we make it like <sighs> even ADD meds, like it's nothing, like it's like a Skittle. A colleague of mine, their young adult uh, sibling killed themselves after a very short amount of time on Adderall, right? Which is like, seems like nothing diagnosed with, you know, ADD as a teenager. Boom. There you go. These things happen not to be fearful. So, so you got to me. We did a brain map. What happened in that process for you? And I can't. This is what happened when when I had my first call with you. After you you read the brain map, my head exploded. (laughs) It was first of all, it was the most incredible validation that I was where I needed to be. What you picked up on, I was a believer walking in, but that call with you just solidified a thousand times over that this was it because you hit on things that I was floored at that you would have identified from reading the brainwaves. It was remarkable. I haven't stopped talking about it to so many people, you know, that I work with and friends, colleagues, because it was, it was mind blowing. It was mind blowing what came out of that session with you. Well, this wasn't ADD Mm -hmm. and there were some processing problems and we did some neurofeedback. We did some, some supplements. We did a little diet tweaks, you know, nothing dramatic because you guys are already doing a lot of things. And Sophie's story is so ridiculously awesome. And we didn't even talk about Lance, but because of course you, the sibling has to come because Sophie tells her brother he's got to do this too, right? That's not how, yes. Sophie was like Miss Champion of it. She is my champion because she feels but awesome. She, the very, very same teacher who raised this with me was tutoring my children this summer because I wanted them to continue with some sort of, you know, education over the summer. So weekly, they had an hour session with her to just do math and reading to stay fresh. And at the end of the summer, she said to me, and she knew what I was doing for Sophie. She said, whatever you're doing for Sophie, you need to do for him because she's on fire. So I know, I remember that. Yeah. He was just like blown away by the change that she had seen from when school ended and over the summer when Sophie was really, get, you know, doing the bulk of her sessions. She could not believe it was the same little girl. And think about that impact because I hope that teacher now doesn't tell people to medicate and she tells them about neurofeedback and other things because her mind has changed, right? You got her to understand there are other She's ways to regulate her brain. Eyes. Yeah, I know. It's pretty cool. Exactly. So so then Sophie enters a new school year and talk about what happened to Sophie this year because it's free, it's so awesome. It gets me very verklempt it's, and it's I can start crying talk about it. Well, I did cry. I, yeah. I did actually cry because I had my first annual parent-teacher conference several, a couple of months now, I think. 
her teacher is new to the school. So she didn't even know Sophie's former teacher. She herself just walked into the, you know, the school. So had no anything, knew nothing, no knowledge of anything or anyone. And when I sat down with her, she started talking to me about, you know, how well Sophie's doing and then took out her notebook that they write in. So I just want to tell you that you won't be getting this back at the end of the year because I want to use this for future classes to demonstrate what good looks like. And and I started to well up and I started to cry. And she, she was looking at me like I was crazy. And I said, I have to stop for a minute and I have to explain why I'm, I'm reacting this way. And I told her and I you know reiterated to her what you and I were just speaking about. And she started to get emotional. And she said, I never, ever would have pegged Sophie as that child. She's like, she's unbelievable. She's coming up with things that I'm not even thinking of. She's just thriving, thriving. She's doing beautifully. She's now tutoring Lance in his studies because she's so passionate about what she's experienced and the changes. And she said to Lance, I can't explain, but I just feel different. Yeah. I can't explain it to you, but I just do. And he now undergoing, you know, treatment with you. His struggle was, you know, he was, he couldn't find the words. He was tripping over his words quite a bit. Um, and he was struggling with just getting it out. That's been eradicated and he's only halfway through. I mean, right. he's, he's able to articulate his thoughts. He's, he has something to say. He says it and he articulates it beautifully. And he said on the other day, coming to you, in fact, yeah. I said, How are you noticing anything? He said, yes. And I said, with what? He said, with reading. And I said, in what way? And he said, I just understand it more when I'm reading. And I said, interesting. I said, what I pick up is the way you're able to articulate what you're feeling. Do you notice that you're not, you know, struggling to find your words? And he said, yeah, that too. So, you know, at their age, it's hard to sometimes articulate what it is you're experiencing, but they're getting it. So now yeah. he's all in. You know, he was a little like, oh, I have to go. Yeah. But now he's like, I want to go. We got to the road. And your brain's going to work better. She was like our, our advocate, right? You know what I mean? And also, too, yeah. talk about the difference in Sophie's confidence, right? Because <gasps> it's always really excited when your kid does better in school. But their emotional core and how they feel about themselves yeah. is what makes them successful for the rest of their life, not just in academics and work, but in relationships with others and being right. able to set boundaries with others. And, you know, just when you love yourself, man, that's when the magic happens. So there was a shift oh, in Sophie, right? And what happened? And how did that, show well, that was something, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That was something yeah. you picked up on in, in the mapping was she was an anxious kid. Yeah. Holding herself back more. Yeah. It was presenting itself quite a bit. And you picked up on that immediately. And you said, look, she's prone to being anxious, but it's to a level that wasn't to her benefit when we first started. And that was one of the first things I started to notice with her because she used to lay in bed every night and start to like ruminate over things and, and start really like, Late at night, like worrying about to me what felt like really silly things. Um, but it was really taking hold of her. And very quickly upon starting with you, that started to dial back and, and really started to, you know, come down. So I noticed that rather quickly. Um, and then what has started to really happen is 
this confidence emerging. So fast forward to this year, and she came home and said, hey, you know, we're running for student council this week in my grade. I think I might want to do it. And I was like, what? I'm like, that's awesome. She's like, I have to make a speech. You have to prepare a speech. She's like, I don't think I'm going to have time to do it because it's due in two days. And I said, whoa, 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 let's, we, we got this girl. Like we can do this. And together we put together a presentation. Clearly it was her ideas and thoughts. I just helped sort of get it into a, a more eloquent, you know, finished product. Yeah. Um, but I was a blown away by just the thoughts she had and, and the inclusiveness she felt strongly about projecting to her classmates and why she wanted to be part of this. She wanted people's voices to be heard. And, you know, it was just really a beautiful moment for me to watch and witness. But the day of, so she presented that and then she had to stand up to the class and, and present, which she came in that morning and she said, will you be angry if I don't do it? And I said, I would never be angry. Just the fact that you're even contemplating doing this is, is amazing. But let's take a step back here. You know, why don't you want to do it? And she said, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm worried. I have to stand in front of people for a minute and a half and make this presentation. And I said, totally normal. I still get nervous when I have to make presentations. That's a very common feeling, but let's pull back again and let's just look at this in the big picture. I said, it's either a minute and 30 seconds of feeling a little uncomfortable and nervous versus sort of a lifetime of regret. Because I think you're not doing this and given how much preparation you put in and how hard you worked all weekend rehearsing and practicing and repeating this over and over, a minute, 30 seconds or months of regret. What's it going to be? What's and, harder? She, and, and she looked at me. She's like, that's a great point. She's like, I'm going to do it. And she did. And she won with flying colors, I was told. Yeah. Um, and she's just blossoming before yeah. our very eyes. And it's yeah. just... She carried herself it. differently. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like when I would first talk to her, there'd almost, you know, you could see the hand movements of a little worry. And now she just kind of beams and is who she is probably where at home, but everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It, it, little things though, like eye contact. We were at a party. I noticed, I wasn't saying anything because we were at the event and she noticed, and she turned to me. I was noticing that the young woman, an adult was talking to this young woman and she wasn't making eye contact with the individual. And it, it felt really awkward to me. Um, and Sophie leaned into me and she said, why isn't she looking at him in the eye? And it was just an astute observation for a nine-year-old. And I yeah. said to her, like, it's critical when, no matter how uncomfortable it is, if someone's addressing you and talking to you, you need to look them in the eye. It's the, it's a, the right thing to do. But she picked up on it in her own. And it's just, again, an unbelievable change, transformation. Does your child struggle to complete tasks or they can't stay focused enough to finish their homework or get anything done? Or maybe they're super fearful and moody. This may leave you questioning if your child has ADHD or something else like a learning problem, anxiety, depression, or OCD. Well, I've created a quick quiz that will tell you if it's ADHD or something else. Text the word quiz to 
1-3-ALERT-MORE to take my free quiz so you can get to the bottom of what's going on and the right solutions. That's text the word QUIZ to 1-3-ALERT-MORE. So many proud mama moments there, right? That she's recognized there's a hurdle and that, okay, and what a beautiful reframing that you said 90 minutes, 90 seconds of uncomfortable nurse versus months of regret. There are moments that we're going to be uncomfortable in life and that's perfectly normal and you normalize that. But even to just want to do that and all those changes, but also just to think about, you know, that moment I know was such a big moment for you when the teacher said, Oh, we're going to be using her notebook as the example for the other students for next year. And <laughs> how emotional that was. And like, what a huge, huge deal for you and Sophie. This is somebody who was really behind and people were concerned about and offered medication and, you know, how easy the process of neurofeedback is. Everyone always makes it like it's a hard thing. They're watching a movie. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> right? Plus, everybody's so darn nice around here. You oh, know? They, they love coming and they talk about it. They're always talking about the office. Oh, Lance got a toy because he completed his, you know, halfway yeah. mark. They're just happy. They're happy. Yeah. They feel good. They see the, you know, the output from their hard work. Sophie's yeah. right. I mean, her, her scores came back. She's excelling in, in her studies now. Lance is getting there and he'll, he's not far behind. It's just, it's just been an enormous win-win. There's just, I thank my lucky stars every day that yeah. I, you know, left that room and, and got on, you know, the web and found you. I mean, I, yeah. I can't even. Well, and the thing is, is that you have to be proud of yourself because we all sit down at one moment or another with our kids at some point in their developmental time that where they're with us and there's going to be a challenge. And it's in those moments that you decide. Mm -hmm. What's important? How am I going to manage this? And the magic happens in the behaviors, right? So I regulated their nervous systems. But even in that moment, Gail, you sat down in, in a life moment and you weren't like, you're going to do it because I worked on this speech with you for two days. You were like, hey, here's your actions. It's up to you. And yeah, there's a little bit of uncomfortableness and yeah, it's normal. So you're like a wonderful partner in this. We just took their Ferraris with bicycle brakes and we put the right brakes on, <laughs> gave a little bit of a tune up to these beautiful babies and had their brain regulate because when their brain, as we talked about, if it's over or under stimulated, it just can't work with efficiency. And when the brain works with efficiency and you take away stress, you can fly. And their story is your kids are, again, very happy, well-adjusted kids. They just were younger kids moving in a trajectory where all of a sudden the other kids, things were a little easy, not everybody, but the majority start getting a little easier and the processing became harder for them. And yes. now you get to see how different it is. Your kids are just beautiful, typical kids. Sophie's going to be like, I don't know, she's going to be something special. I'm just going to tell you because she's like got that mother quality. She's a nurturer. Not that Lance isn't awesome, but you know, no, different, totally, totally different. different, right? Totally. She could be CEO of something. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? She's a force to be reckoned with, but it, it's really interesting watching her teach Lance because you know he hasn't caught up matured. yet. Yeah, he hasn't matured. Yeah, he's, he's younger. Just, just you know, 
He's younger. And two minutes. Even in the conversation that I had with him by two, right. But he has that different level of maturity about him. He's a boy. He is. But he's catching up. He's catching up. I saw that interplay in the last time I was with him. And I was like, who is this kid? He was upset because they got their first scores back from the uh, standardized tests that they apply several times throughout the year. Yeah. And he, the reading went up. His math is getting there, but not where he wants it to be. And Sophie's was through the roof this time. And he was really, he was really upset and he was crying. He said, I don't even want to know the score. I said, that the score is not important, nor is it important that you didn't hit where you want to be. What's important is we now know what we need to target. I said, mistakes are the best things to happen. I want you to make mistakes and get things wrong because then we know how to address and what to address. So forget that, you know, you didn't do as well. You did great. You know, now we have what to work with. And I challenged Sophie. I said, I I gave them a little dare, not a dare, but like bribe, I guess. And I said, look, if you can work with Lance and get him to a certain, help him get achieve a certain level, you both win because you're helping what you love to do. Lance, you're getting what you need and you don't want to, you know, have extra help. So let's see what you two can do together. I mean, you're both on the same level and the same grade. You have that relationship. It's remarkable. I mean, Sophie is putting in such effort and making up questions and preparing like she's a teacher. It's crazy. And they sit every night and I have on a board, they have to do five days a week, 15 minutes a day. It's become a little bit of a game and they sit at the table and they, she does her lesson plan with him. And you know what? I hear it. He's getting it. He's so appreciative of her help. How wonderful is that? And it's just like so many times. And first of all, I just want to just commend you on the way that you handled that because nobody should be perfect. And yes, we learn from mistakes. That's nobody gets everything right. And we have to stop putting that kind of pressure on ourselves and our Mm -hmm. kids that Mm -hmm. everything's going to be 100%. I mean, who does that? I don't do things 100%. And I tell everybody all the time, I do so much stuff and I get so much out there because I don't expect anything to be perfect. Expect it to be very good. How boring would that be? Well, I mean, I would be scared to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, what are you going to do? Right. And you could have everything be perfect and it's still not going to be right for somebody and somebody's going to criticize it. But you gave your kids permission. Then you also taught them it's a learning opportunity. And I think that's what we're forgetting. You just did such a great job. And and it, instead of making our kids feel less than, it made them feel more than. I, and, I don't like the competitiveness that exists today. I know. And the last place I wanted it was in my house. Definitely. Them. And I had noticed about like, oh, I'm working on mine. You can't look. I, I don't like that. Like, let's use this as a moment to lift each other up. And right. help everybody exceed. And I always say then, perfection doesn't exist, A. So let's eradicate that from our way of thinking. And you never, ever want to be the smartest kid in the room or person in the room. That's not fun. You, there's always something to learn. Not that you want to be the least, you know, brightest no. person in the room, but you certainly don't want to be the smartest person in the room. And I never have to worry about that because I'm surrounded by insanely intelligent people. But I love that because it stretches me. 
And I want the same for them. I just, I want them to understand that, you know, cause his first mode was to be upset and cry and he wasn't good yeah. enough. I'm like, Oh my gosh, no, that you're doing great. Like we will get you there. Like you'll get there. Just give yourself a break. Give yourself. And you broke it down so that it was achievable. And just like when my youngest is dyslexic and, you know, he used to get, he's very easy, but you know, naturally he would get upset because the reading was incredibly hard for him. Hard. And a million times I would say, mommy didn't just get a doctorate, buddy. Less than 5% of the population in the United States has it, has a PhD. You have to work. And I would just say it and say it and say it and show it and reinforce it. And you know what happens? He's above grade level in reading. So, hey, this is what happens. But it didn't happen overnight. It never does. No, it never, never does. So it's so beautiful to hear that your kids are so happy and they're thriving. I think the biggest takeaway is when your teacher sits down with you and says, hey, go and do this. I think we listen, but you are in charge. If you somebody recommends medication to you, whether it's your friend or your doctor, or your mother-in-law or your spouse, that should never be the first option when it comes to children. What does your gut say? I mean, listen to your voice, like my inner voice, my alarm bells immediately went off. And I was like, thank you. No, thank you. I got it. I was, like I said, I was very respectful, but I was in my head. I was like, no way. Yeah. Um, I think you called me like literally the next day. That day. That day I found you. I came home, but that's me. I'm like, get it done kind of girl. You know, it was just like, you know, I heard that and I, I, the guilt I felt, I felt very guilty that I had always coined it as Sophie was like a stop and smell the roses kind of kid. I had tremendous guilt for not seeing what it really was. And that's why I snapped immediately into action. Like, whoa, this is way more than what I had thought, which is why I put all my attention to it immediately. And, you know, it's so easy when I say this all the time. It's You could only connect the dots looking back. And, you know, here's the deal. She was happy. Nobody had ever really expressed any concerns. Both my kids are very curious kinds of kids. Very different kinds of kids. Curiosity is an amazing thing. We want our kids to be curious because it leads to trying things. And trying things leads to critical thinkers. People complain about motivation in their kids But motivation happens when kids have failures and opportunities and have to problem solve. I think there's a real decrease in critical thinking. There's an increase in people just following curriculum. But the moment something goes off track. So I'm hearing so many beautiful things happening with how you parent, the way your kids are, and that they're loving themselves or making opportunities for themselves. And they're they're making messes too. As they should, because they're kids. So many rich moments in here. But I would say for anybody who has a child, whether it's a formal diagnosis like ADHD or anxiety, whatever's going on, or you just have some concerns, what would you tell somebody who's considering working with us in our program? What has been your experience and what would you want people to know why they should do it? My gosh, the list is endless. I mean, my advice is run and pick up the phone and make the call and and hightail it in there. It's the most mind-blowing what that means. It's just been 
exponentially advantageous to my children and their their well-being. I, I can't even articulate it. It's just a beautiful thing to be part of, to witness, to see. They're thriving. They're enjoying life in a way I just never imagined. It's just hands down the best decision I've ever made. That's pretty amazing. And thank you. I feel so grateful that I feel privileged that you brought your family to us because you guys are pretty darn special human beings. And, you know, for you, the process of such a learning opportunity for you, but as you said, neurofeedback in itself is easy. Like people sometimes think it's going to be hard and you came and drove. Some people come and do remote sessions, but it was easy. It's easy for your kids. It's easy for you and it's time limited. You don't do it forever. The time in that office, the 30 minutes you spend, it's fun. I mean, look, I started doing it because I was like, give me some of that. Um, Who wouldn't want it? It's the most relaxing 30 minutes. You're literally, I mean, is it, is it hard for me? Of course, I'm a full time working parent. I have to leave work early. I literally pass your office to come home to get my kids to then drive 30 minutes back. It's worth, Every ounce of stress and whatever it causes my day to give them those 30 minutes that will change their life forever. I'll push through that. And I have pushed through. I would travel three hours to get to you to give them those 30 minutes knowing what it does for them. Honestly, I think it would be harder to get them to swallow a pill or a a gross flavored. We all know what agony that could be to get them to take, you know, medicine that they can't stand versus they never moan about. They're just, they're talking about, oh, what movie am I going to watch next? They're watching a movie. There's no... And your kids are a joy to have there. And, you know, and I also think sometimes people, for me, you are somebody like me. I'm like, oh, here's the problem. I'm going to do this. Sadly, like I have many of our staff, as you're well aware, are our former clients. And, you know, I got just even on a staff level, the journey that they experienced, for example, my dyslexic, we got him reading help right out of the gate. Like he never had anything but dyslexic reading help because we knew. And in the case of our staff, they knew too, but then they couldn't get the right kind of help, right? For whatever reason or another. And then what happens to when you don't get the right help, doesn't matter if it's dyslexia or anxiety or ADHD, you develop secondary problems. You develop anxiety and depression and teenagers, substance abuse and It leads to you feeling like garbage about yourself. So if there's one takeaway, it's, you know, of course, there's so many takeaways here. Listen to your mother gut. Don't start with medication. Absolutely not. There are natural solutions that science, you know, shows that work. And don't wait. I think the thing about mental health is that it's not like a broken leg that you can't ignore, right? You think you can't ignore. But when you ignore mental health, it bites you in the butt every time. If someone was diagnosed with, you know, a formal medical, like you're saying, whether a broken leg or God forbid, cancer, you wouldn't sit and let it idle. You would be on that thing so fast. And this is no different. Yeah, it is. So you should be super proud of yourself and your kids. Your kids are awesome. And all I did, like, you know, like I said, is, you know, their brake pads wore out and tuned them all up and they're just beautiful human beings. And I think that's the part about neurofeedback. Like it just shines your assets, right? It turns off those things that shouldn't be there and it improves what's there. 
and in your own experience, it makes you feel pretty lovely. Yeah. I mean, you said it on the first call. You said something to the effect of, we're going to get her running like a Ferrari. She's running like a Ferrari. <laughs> you did, it's exactly, I don't remember what, how you, what you said prior to that. You said, first, she's running like something, but we're going to get her running like the Ferrari. Yeah, I said she's running like a, like a used Honda, and we're going to get <laughs> Like a Pinto, an old Pinto. It's like a good and reliable car, but, you know, you can't take it on long trips because it's too old. Now we're getting her running. And like I said, the most important part. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, when schoolwork is easier, that's your job. You're going to feel better about yourself and you just get to see that. And I love what it's done for their... Not that they didn't get along before because they really did. But I love that they have that trust. You've created this beautiful sacred space within your family that your siblings the siblings can really trust each other to help each other learn. And that's a testament to you in the way that you parent. Thank you so much. But thank you for sharing. And, you know, for any parent out there that's struggling, you know, what I say all the time is just take one action, one action, be consistent with it. Don't expect a miracle to happen overnight and really lean into what's working and keep doing that work. And certainly if you're a distressed parent, you've got to calm yourself first. Your kids co-regulate off of you. And that means you've got to share your calm. And it's so hard when your kid is struggling. But when you start with one thing and being consistent, that's when the magic happens. But trust the process. Trust the process. Mm-hmm. And just know there's going to be some, you know, healing doesn't look like a rocket ship. It's a stock market that's trending up with some lots of variability in there. But, you know, neurofeedback makes it a lot easier because your brain regulates. That's just the bottom line. Miss Gail, I appreciate you on so many levels. I was so looking forward to this and and really excited and very, very grateful that you have become part of our family and everybody, of course, adores you and, and the kids. And thank you so much for having an impact on hopefully thousands of other families who are struggling and educating them about what neurofeedback is and, and why we should say no to a teacher who recommends medication. <laughs> Wherever you are in your journey is exactly where you need to be. Sending everybody a lot of love and light. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at. 